0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Phidias Club, this is episode 83 for February 2017 Civilized Conversations and Wrong Decisions hello everyone and welcome back to the Phileas Club this is episode 83 I believe and we're in February 2017 my name is Patrick beja and in this show we get uh, people from different parts of the world different culture different different cultures different uh, outlooks on life politics eco- the economy um, ecology everything and uh, we get together and discuss them and see whether or not we can uh, find out a, a little bit of common ground and wisdom in this big global community that we'll uh, build together. Um, so today we have two guests. The first one, I'm sure you know already, it's Tom Merritt, who's coming from uh, the West Coast of the United States. How are you doing, Mr. Merritt?
1: I, uh, yes, I, I'm coming from the Independent Republic of Los Angeles. <laughs>
0: I didn't realize that had gone through yet. I thought it was still in secret <laughs> the <preparation>. calixots, yeah <laughs> uh,
1: sometimes, it fe- sometimes it feels like it, sometimes it doesn't. Hmm.
0: Well, thank you either way for waking up at this uh, really early hour to be on the of show course. with us. Uh, 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 I wouldn't miss know.
1: it, Patrick. Thanks for inviting me again.
0: Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing what you have to say because it's uh, you're usually... Well, we'll get to it towards the end of the show. We'll get to it. So let's not spoil uh, the topic. (laughs) Um, And so for those who don't know, I'm uh, in France. And so we always have to contend with this huge uh, collection of different time zones. And it's often a little bit difficult to put together. But we usually manage. And uh, the other guest is pretty close to me. So that's not too complicated this time. Franco is uh, coming to us from Spain. How are you doing, sir? I'm fine.
2: Thank you. And uh, yes, we have the same time zone, although I'm willing to uh, argue that we should have another time zone, mainly Ah. uh, London's one.
0: But that's a whole different story, I guess. (laughs) Well, yeah, for me, I mean, I was actually two days ago in St. Petersburg. Wait, two days ago? Yes, two days ago, I was in St. Petersburg. Yesterday, I was in Helsinki. And today I'm in Paris. And uh that was that was an interesting trip by the way in St. Petersburg. I was there for about a week. And it's not the first time I've been in Russia, but uh it's a pretty hmm different interesting contrasting place. Um And I think I I would love to do a a show about Russia specifically at some point, not just because, you know, it's in the news. uh, It's been in the news a lot recently, but really it's a fascinating place. And they have an outlook that is so different on the world than we do. And uh, I could launch into a whole discussion now, but I won't because this is not the topic of this show. Um, But uh, yeah, lots of... So two things maybe about Russia. There were lots of amazing places and museums and culture. And the other aspect of it is that the pavement on the roads that had been uh, redone like 10 years ago was already completely uneven and broken. So it's like, um, you know, it's, it's pretty like... Uh, uh, almost a a, a century of communism will do funny things to society. There's a definite feeling, maybe it's wrong, and maybe some Russian listeners are going to come on the comments uh, section of the blog and yell at me for saying this, but there's this feeling that people don't care about doing their job well. And that's incredibly inflammatory, possibly, but it's, it's like the trend that I feel there. It's like, I could tell you stories about hotels i've been to and i've had like problems with air conditionings and the the way they fixed it was like what are you doing like shoving uh anyway it was, would worse it's always duct tape worse worse <laughs> than duct tape like shoving a <laughs> towel inside the duct like with a, a a broomstick like shoving it as far as possible to block the the air from coming in and the guy was like, Yep, fixed. All right, cool,
1: excellent. And I was like, What <laughs> what?
0: It was and at the That's same called time, an
1: efficient use of resources.
0: Uh-huh. I suppose so. Anyway, so that was that was really interesting. And and I saw, you know, a couple of expos that were amazing, like the the culture there is incredible and there is a pride and the... anyway, really interesting city, really interesting country. Um the other uh, uh, thing I wanted to say before we start the show is that last episode, as usual, uh, well, as usual, got a really positive feedback and a, a somewhat uh, hesitant feedback. I think there were a few people who were saying it was really difficult for them to listen to because there was a lot of... Uh, things they were disagreeing with and things that they couldn't really understand and it got me thinking a lot about the reasons why I do these episodes specifically where I, I go out of my way to invite people that I vehemently disagree with and and still listen to them when sometimes I think what they're saying is is you know wrong Maybe sometimes if I let myself go, I would say it's even dangerous to go that route politically and these kinds of things. And I put up a post on the Patreon page for those who are patrons of mine. If you've already seen it. And I'm not going to repeat all of it. It was a, a long video. But essentially, what it came down to was th- the reason I do it is that, first of all, there are, let's look at the alternative. And the alternative is you'll never listen to what the actual people have to say and you'll never hear it. And Of course, you're going to disagree 90% of the time or 80% of the time. And that's the case, you know, for liberals and Republicans and all walks of life if we're not talking about the U.S. We're going to disagree a lot of the time. But if we agree or if we see their point of view and, you know, whether they see mine or I see theirs or listeners see the other person's point of view 10% of the time, that's something that doesn't happen if those exchanges don't exist. So, of course, there are lines. I think, you know, there are, if, if something goes over the line, I, I'm not willing to invite just anyone to discuss things. If we're going to start talking about, you know, racism and and homophobia, I'm not going to invite someone to say, to explain to me why they think uh, black people should be killed, for example, you know, if we're to- going to the extremes. That's not something I want to discuss, but uh, we're not I really don't think we're there. And in those not there situations, those moments, those rare moments uh, around the the, the anger and the rage and the fury of what you're hearing, again, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, uh, those moments between that, when you're thinking, not even agreeing, but at least thinking, oh, so that's why they think that i still disagree but at least i understand how they came to that conclusion that seemed so alien to me before well those moments are precious and those moments don't exist if we don't even listen to one another so i just want to you know it's not so different from what i usually say about the show but i wanted to mention it here specifically because of that last episode which was got that those kinds of reactions so hopefully you understand where i'm coming from and hopefully you get some value out of those discussions
1: If I may, Patrick, it is one of the reasons that I think this show is so important and why I love it and why I tell people to listen to it, because now more than ever, we need to listen and understand to people we disagree with.
0: You know, I've been talking about this in France as well, because as you know, we have an election coming, the presidential election, and uh, the Front National, which is the uh, extreme right-wing party, is very, very popular and we have a lot of reactions that are i'm going to again talk about it and we have a lot of reactions that are eerily similar to what we we had in uh the UK during the Brexit campaign and in the US during the presidential campaign and i'm trying to tell people who are you know in on my social networks etc i'm trying to tell them it's not about the racism or homophobia that are probably part of the sentiment that fuels those parties. What's important is to listen to the people who are voting for those uh, uh, parties and to understand why they're going to those extremes. I don't think we have, like, there's 25, 30% of people uh, who are going to vote for the Front National in the latest polls. I don't think there are 30% of people who are actively racist and homophobic i don't I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I really don't believe that. I think there are, as we've heard, when we talk to people uh, you know on the Brexit camp and on the uh, Trump uh, camp or you know on the fence, there are different reasons for this, and the irony is that those th- those reasons, at least in those two examples, were often fueling people on both sides of the extreme in France, it's also getting the extreme left a boost a surprising Mm. boost it's almost you know not quite communism but it's a little a step further from socialism as well so and i'm telling them we have to listen and the act of telling people you have to listen seems like something unconscionable because it's like you're doing the apology of uh, i don't know if you can use that word in that context in english like you're justifying uh, racism, and I'm like, no, that's not what I'm doing. And I get yelled yeah, but, at but on it's,
2: Twitter. It's, it's true that Patrick. It's true that if you invite someone to your show, uh, you, it's as if you give it a little bit of credibility, right? And that's I think that make that's, uh goes along with what you were saying that you wouldn't invite anyone regardless of what they think, because right? Because it's yeah. if they're if they're if they're if they're part of the discussion, it means that they have that or you or someone gives them a little bit of credibility or...
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree. Um, But I do think that there is this blanket image of voters who are going the way of the Front National, who are racist and homophobic and that's it, and we shouldn't talk to them. You know, some people, that's what they think. And if I, you know, I guess if you actually believe that they're all racist and homophobic then i understand the sentiment but i don't think we understand what why they're going to the front national sure there are there are elements of you know xenophobia and nationalism and but as the, the irony is that every time we have had a big political upheaval or social upheaval in our history maybe i'm overstating it a little bit but it's been economics that were at the core of the issue you know the 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 it's the, the economy the, the the people were not happy with their economic situation and we had the destruction of the middle class in the not a destruction but anyway that's a whole other conversation but i think racism and homophobia and, and and intolerance are elements but they're not the core
2: yeah it's true that if, 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 if
0: people usually when they
2: vote for a party they don't vote for all of the things that the party rep, that the party represents they they usually have they share more with that party than with the others right and yeah. it's if not we would have a party for every citizen and uh it's <laughs> it's true that everyone has its own part that he, that they like and it's true that uh, the front national has just recently have uh, uh well recently these last years have had uh, this uh, amazing uh, uh growing of, of voters and it, it's it it, it it it's it's always a uh, it, 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 um, well, France France has always had the the French National or uh, from a lot of time ago, and that doesn't mean that all of a sudden they decided that they they share all all the, their beliefs. It's just yeah. that there's por- probably part of the message that goes into them, and and, and part and and the other parties that they just want to ge- reject the other parties.
0: There's a lot of that for sure, um, and and you know I'm not saying there is no component that is racist or or, or xenophobic, or of course there is, like far right clearly there's going to be some of that. But um, it's the other part that is important to understand and to talk to, because if you don't, if you say, I don't want to talk to you, then they're going to stay there. They're they're just going to say, well, all right, F you too, and I'm going to keep voting for the Front National. And for me, the biggest issue there is the nationalistic aspect, which wants to take us out of the European Union, who wants to go back to the franc and not use the euro anymore. It's all of those things that are... Economically horrible, in my, you know, economically and socially horrible, in my view, and that I don't want policy-wise. You know, it it almost just almost doesn't matter whether or not they're you know Nazis and and uh, and and racists, and of course that's a part of it. But the real problem is that what they want to do is going to be bad for my country, even beyond the xenophobic. Uh, aspects. I don't want to get out of the EU. I think that would be a grave mistake. We're all the time, you know, we're talking about, they're talking about the negative aspects of uh, what happens when you're part of a union. And sure, there are some negative aspects, I'm sure, but the positive aspects uh, far outweigh them for me. And that's... Anyway, all right, let's... We started talking about France, so let's keep doing that. Um, uh, I guess... one of the big pieces of news was the uh, the assault of a young uh, guy from the suburbs by cops that happened a few weeks ago. And I'm sure some of you uh, of the listeners have heard about it. And there's been, um, basically, there was one uh, young black man who was, uh, you know, stopped for a routine check by cops, and they became violent. And there was like, one of them actually made him, and I'm sorry, this is very graphic, he made him uh, take his pants down and inserted his stick into his anus. He was basically raped. And and obviously, that was a huge scandal. And I, I think it's kind of akin to the scandals you've had in the U.S. in recent years uh, in the cases of police violence, except, well, you know, we don't have as many guns, so it's not the same result, however horrible it is. And there's been a lot of discussion of the um the 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 role of police and the dangers they're in because there there are also uh, big issues in that sense uh, some places they don't really dare to go to anymore when they do they get um, you know their cars get uh, attacked and all of those things and and I think the the thing that struck me, was that even though it did create some, you know, a little bit of rioting and a little bit of protest, uh, overall, the reactions from the political uh, uh, personalities seemed to me pretty grounded. They were saying both, you know, this instance of police brutality is unacceptable and very firmly condemning it and saying, but, you know, the judges have to work Uh, in a serene environment and they're going to do their job and we're going to let justice work and at the same time we shouldn't forget the conditions they're working in and you know seeing all sides of the issues which i'm not sure i see uh when i hear about these things in some other countries maybe specifically in the u.s but maybe that's because i'm uh, too far from it, um, so it's it's sort of quieted down a little bit and being taken over by the elections, which I'm going to talk about in a second. But was wondering if you guys had heard about this incident?
1: Yeah, and what's interesting in your description of it is the impression that I got in reading about it in the United States uh, was that you had had lots of riots and there was not a a, a feeling of calm uh, about it and that it was. In its reaction, very similar to, like you say, the the various uh, police brutality incidents in the United States. I didn't feel like it was presented as any different. To be honest, just maybe less common, but but not in and of itself uh, very different. Be- and and your your description of the reactions is exactly the same as the description of the reactions here. Uh, President Obama at the time, uh, you know, had a had a reaction of you know, please, you know. Let the judges do their work. Let's let's let justice take its course. Uh, There were a lot of those exact same political reactions and various reactions from the populace. Some saying yes, you know, peaceful protests, and others saying no, we need to push farther. And then eventually, decisions are handed out, and there is both you know anger and resentment and uh, justification for those decisions. The quintessential difference is that. It is less common in the U.S. for there to be uh, a a police brutality incident where there is not a shooting under field conditions. So what happened in in France, it sounded like to me, was something where uh, a policeman took agency, right, and and perpetrated something on someone not in the heat of the moment necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that happens in the United States. I'm not trying to, to say it doesn't. But the majority of the incidents that people think of, like in Ferguson and places like that, uh, were a policeman operating under fear and shooting perhaps when they shouldn't have been shooting. Uh, and and then that's what the entire judicial Review is about what was this a an appropriate use of force. So so there's a couple of differences there. But I I think those differences, while interesting, are less important than the reactions aren't because of the details per se. They are because of built up frustration and mistrust uh, between the government and law enforcement and the community they're policing.
0: Yeah, and I and I think maybe I'm understating the riots a little bit. It's not like it was like 3 people in the street for a day and then that was it. It was several days it was violent incidents. So maybe it's a little bit more similar to what, you know, you guys have in the US than I care to to admit. I think the difference is as you said, it's clear that no one can defend the policemen in this yeah. instance. Whereas in the U.S., as you said, it's often, you know, under fear and you're not sure you did the right thing, but there was cause. In this case, obviously, there's no cause. Yeah. Um, and and also, we don't have as many of them, or at least that's how it feels. Um, it happens every once, every few years, I guess, or, you know, the big ones that we hear about. Whereas in mm-hmm. the U.S., it feels like it's every few months that there's a, a shooting. And
2: Yeah, but I think it goes with what you were saying, Patrick, that if everyone has guns or if more people has
1: guns, you're
0: you're breaking up Franco. Skype is evil. You're breaking up. (laughs) You were saying if everyone has guns, then these kinds of things happen more
2: uh can you hear me now yeah better or not okay um i was saying yeah if if everyone has guns it's the police has to take of course immediate action or more um um reflex based actions i guess it's 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 because as soon as they see that the the other person has a gun or they suspect they have a gun they have it's it's hard to to i don't know take it slowly or or not overreact. i guess
0: yeah i think that's that's certainly part ah. of it and whether or not people should have guns is not a debate we're going to launch into today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the other thing I wanted to talk about is the election in France. And uh, to to try and describe to you very quickly the situation we're in at the moment, it's the presidential election happening in April and May. We have two rounds. And we have basically uh, the right, the left, and the center. And on the right, we have Marine Le Pen, which is getting, polls-wise, the best numbers. Um, which is already a, a frustration. That's the extreme right-wing party. Um, the François Fillon is the traditional, What it's the Republican candidate, basically. And the irony in his candidacy is that he, he surpassed in the primaries other candidates because he was clean and because he didn't have any, um, you know, problems with the law. And uh, ironically, he was uh, accused now of having employed his wife and uh, other people, his children, in fake jobs, which netted him and his family about a million euros over, I think, 10 or 15 years, something like that. And it developed over the past uh, month or so, that story. And now now he's he's still pretty strong i think he's second even though those um issues have been made pretty clear i mean the justice system is still working through it so i guess if you want to make sure you're you're neutral until you have a, a decision uh, you know presumed innocent but It's still weighing down on his campaign and the reaction has been to sort of go after the press and talk about the fact that there's, you know, like trying to deflect with there's a state of civil war in the country and these kinds of inflammatory statements which are transforming him from the stable, you know, rational right-wing candidate you can depend on into something a little bit less, um, you know, reliable but still... Uh, uh, he's, he's still second in the polls. And then you have the left side of the aisle, which where it's like a tragedy in slow motion. You have the extreme left wing, which is, uh, one candidate who, who, as I was saying, could be considered on the verge of communism. Um, but not quite. He's, let's say, socialist and not social democrat, but, He's definitely a socialist and um, he's attracting, I think, a lot of the people that are sick of the usual political scene, very much in the same way that Marine Le Pen with the Front National is doing and very much in the same way that maybe Bernie Sanders or even Donald Trump, I think it was kind of the same attraction, um, got a, a big traction with the voters. And he's, he was sort of part of the general left wing, but he's sort of splitting the vote for the the left wing. And the other candidate is um, Amon who who won the primaries uh, in sort of a surprise with the primary process for the Socialist Party because he wasn't the, the favorite um, and he represents a clear left turn on the socialist party basically he 's not trying to go the social democrat round uh, route, trying to be closer to the to the center, but he 's clearly on the left, trying to to do what a lot of people in france are are calling the left. The socialists have to do a real socialist policy uh and not try to go to the center and become social democrats who in effect are the same thing as liberals and that's a sentiment uh, i'm sorry as as what we would call republicans uh what you guys would call republicans um and i hope you're not hearing the uh the the work happening outside so there's a little
1: bit here (laughs) not yet no um
0: and and so there, that's a sentiment that's very present here with the voters on the left who are very active, uh, who are saying the previous government of Hollande, the one who who is in place now, is has betrayed what it said it would do, which was basically what the new uh, candidate from the Socialist Party is now saying he will do, which is socialist policy. Not, not again, not socialist in the sense of you know. Not on the I, I know socialist as a word is very loaded for many people, including in the u s um, but it 's not that far to the left it 's obviously you believe in uh, the 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 market economy, free market etc etc um, It has more to do with the help the government is going to provide uh, around uh, different areas of the of society, um, and so a lot of people are saying. Hollande was elected on that platform. He went more to the right. We don't want that anymore. And the reason why uh, all of these voters are going to the right wing, to the, the extreme right wing, is that we didn't get a real left wing policy in the country for decades. And now we have to stop messing around and we have to, to take care. In a sense, I don't think that's how they're, they're saying it. But in a, in essence the issue everyone is trying to address without being able to to call it that with that name is that the middle class is thinning out and that's a huge problem and that's where i'm you know going when i'm saying the, the economy is the cause of everything we have people who have more money and people who have less money and the middle class is sort of disappearing and we don't know if we have to fix it with right wing policies or left wing policies and both sort of say we have the answer, you know, um, and, and the people in the opposing side are saying F you, you're going to destroy the world, <laughs> which is full of, you know, nuance. Um hmm. But the result is that on the left side, you have two candidates, the semi-communist and the socialist, who have 10 to 15% of the votes, who could win if they got together, but they're not going to, and so they're not going to be on the second round. Uh, the right wing, the Republican, is still leading, but the center candidate, who used to be part of the government of Hollande, who is the left-wing candidate, uh, a left-wing government, is now in the center, trying to appeal to everyone, and he's... He has his chances. It's getting pretty tight between the Republican and him to be on the second round against what is probably going to be Marine Le Pen. And when I see the reactions of people, uh, because they're saying, we don't want to vote for the Republican or for the center because he's going to be doing the same shit again and again that we've been doing for 20 years. I don't believe that, but that's what I'm hearing. And so I think they're going to abstain. I think a lot of them are going to abstain. And so the result of all of this long tirade is that I'm now way more worried that Marine Le Pen is going to get the election. Um, and she's plagued by, you know, uh, uh, legal issues as well. But for some reason, her, the voters who vote for her don't care in the same way that the voters who vote for who voted for Trump didn't care. They're just like, F all of you, we don't care about you. you, know, we've had enough of all of you, and we're going with her, because she just, you know, runs like a truck, and she's gonna destroy everything in her path, maybe, but she's just gonna do it, and it's a very similar sentiment, and we're getting, um, you know, uh, calls of uh, biased press, and all of this, so... I used to say when I was talking in the previous episodes that I was certain we were not going to get Marine Le Pen as a president. Now I'm less certain. I'm getting genuinely you know, concerned.
2: Uh, Patrick, if if you would have,
0: to uh, whom do you think has more chances uh,
2: of winning uh, uh, Marine Le Pen uh, in the second round? Is it the same? Cent- uh, Manon Crown, or is it,
0: uh, or? I think it's the centrist, yes, because he has no issues that we know of with uh, the law. <laughs> so far. He hasn't broken any, <laughs> any laws so far. Uh, and on top of that, the left wing side of the country has already voted for the right wing side in 2002 against Jean-Marie Le Pen, which is Marine Le Pen's exactly. father. Um, and at that point, they were like, "Okay, we don't like it, but we're going to do it to stop the Front National." I'm not sure enough of them will do it again this time. With the center uh, candidate, they might do it more willingly.
1: So, yeah, uh,
2: I I've been discussing also, also. Uh, sorry, Tom.
1: Oh, no, that's okay. I was just going to say quickly, there, there's, there's something different in the psychology of having a runoff, too, which we don't have in the United States. It, we, we, we sort of fake it by having primaries and then the general election. But it, there, there's something to feeling like, well, I voted for my person in that first round. And so I've done, I've done my duty, and now I can vote pragmatically in that second round. But there's been
0: so much... Another sentiment is that there's been so much of the pragmatic vote in the last two or three decades that people are sick of it. And Mm -hmm. people... The argument is we keep voting pragmatically for someone we don't like but to prevent someone else to get in power and we don't want to do it anymore because the situation keeps getting worse and worse. And the argument is... We did that in 2002, and look what happens now. 15 years later, the Front National hasn't stopped uh, gaining ground. Why? Because the policies of the successive governments that are not left-wing enough have made the situation worse and have, made, have put more people in poverty and has created more desperation that pushes people to the right wing, uh, the extreme right wing. So I, that's not what I think, but that's the narrative that, I think it is very palpable here in the country, so
1: yeah definitely. <laughs> well it's you know I, I think the underlying problem is when you're when you're talking about the disappearance of the middle class and economics, it's not that that the economy has been that bad lately it it certainly got very bad in the mid two thousands right because of the the financial crisis, but it's that people don't feel like they have it as good as they used to or how they perceive they used to or how they perceive their parents used to. Uh, and especially in the United States, I know that's true, where the, the 50s is idolized as that post-war boom economy uh, where everybody could, could afford a, a house and a family of four and the American dream, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so you see people voting on the, along the lines of take us back to that. That was I th- a big you know- appeal of Trump in the election. And I feel like it's not exactly the same. You can't you can't say it's exactly the same with Le Pen. But she appeals to the idea of what's been going on hasn't worked. Maybe I'll, I might as well try someone who says something that sounds different for once.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, the EU is taking money from us and not giving us enough, a lot of what we heard in the Brexit. And, like, we have to take back our sovereignty and we have to be able to decide for our own destiny and this kind of, I would say, BS. Because, again, you're taking the giving examples from the negative aspects of being in the union and not taking into account the positive aspects. But about the middle class, I think it's It's not so much that we're looking back and thinking, "Oh, we had it so much better at least that's not the case in France and I think in the u s your poverty might be worse than we have it here in France um, but I think what people are looking at is looking at the 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 gap between those who have a lot and those who don't, and the lower class might be more comfortable on, you know, absolute, when you look at it objectively, more comfortable than the, the middle or, or lower class was 30 years ago. I mean, if you look at modern comforts, uh, modern, the things that mod, modern Technology has brought everyone, you know, everyone has access to infinite knowledge and we have easy transportation for everywhere. We can go anywhere relatively cheaply. If you live in, in France, save enough, you can go to Japan, you know, even if you're relatively poor. It's not impossible unless you're like the poorest of the poorest. But when you look at those who have a lot, whether it's true or not, you feel like like it wasn't as that there wasn't as much of a difference a few years ago and or a few decades ago. And that's why I what I mean by the importance of the middle class. It's it doesn't matter that your lower class has food and shelter and entertainment. What matters is that in a society you need to have a unified, a big middle class so that you have social, you know, cohesion.
2: No, I think, I th- yes, I think that it, it needs to be fair. And and, and it's not, not not only needs to be fair, the system, but the people have to have to um, have to see it's fair. If 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 it's it, and, and it happens everywhere, if you are working in a company and you're getting paid well, but the, the, the guy next to you is doing what you think is the same work and is getting paid double. Then you're going to feel bad either way, even though you're getting what uh, what 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 you need to 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 get paid. It's 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 the sentiment of you're not being treat, treated the same, and the, and that the system is favoring people, even though you're. Uh, yes, it's, it's it's it's. I think it 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 goes uh, into everything goes into fairness and and the, and the sensation that you're not being treated as uh, fairly uh, or. Th- through the same eyes uh, for yeah like if the room is fair then you' you don't want to play there, right. yeah exactly
0: and All there right. was a, a oh sorry Tom
1: oh no I, I looked it up uh, in say uh, statistics in 2016 for France put the poverty level at about 14 point one percent and the the latest I could find for the us is 2014 but that was 14 point five percent so poverty levels are about equivalent mm. in both countries and and I remember and i can't find that citation right off the top of my head but i remember there was a study that showed that people in the pot below the poverty line were not voting or supporting right-wing candidates it was people above the poverty line uh and i think that that bears out what you guys are saying which is it's a belief that the system isn't working for you. If you're below the poverty line, I, I feel like the psychology may be the system has never worked for me. So I'm going to vote for someone I believe wants to help poor people. Whereas if you're above the poverty line, you may think, well, the system used to work for me. But for years now, I've been saying this is my frustration and the government does nothing. Mm.
0: Yeah. You know, there's, there's this sentiment that is definitely part of it. And I remember there was an experiment that was really interesting um, in people it was basically a social experiment where you would give one person a hundred bucks and tell them you can keep however much you want and you will give uh the rest to someone else and then that second person can decide whether or not they will receive the money or just cancel the deal altogether and no one gets anything and When you went below a certain amount that you would give the second person then that second person would just cancel it every time, uh-huh. it, just because of fairness, right? They were like, it, it, intuitively, you would be like, yeah, but you're getting, you know, thirty bucks, out, and, you, and you out of you would get nothing otherwise. And people don't care. the The inherent sentiment of fairness is important. And and the really interesting thing to me is that whether you're in France, in socialist France, or in um, you know, uh, uh in the U.S. Whoever you are, the your opinion of policies is always the re- the way of redistributing health, uh, wealth. I'm sorry, redistributing <laughs> well, yeah, wealth and, and, and health. health as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know whether you you think capitalism is the way to go, and it's like if you deserve it, you know you have to work, uh, and we'll decide how we redistribute that wealth to depending on people who work the hardest or whether you say, well, we should redistribute, redistribute a certain amount to everyone so that everyone can afford the, afford the basic needs. It, it's the, some people usually think that the, the two are completely opposite in on a base philosophical level. I think everyone wants to redistribute wealth. It's just how to go about it. Um, so anyway, I've taken up way too much time. Um so that's where we are here in France and I'm more worried than I was before.
1: Um I I don't yeah. I don't want to take pleasure in the fact that you were you were saying that that France uh had grown-ups discussing things uh at one point in your election cycle. Do you still feel that way? Yes, very much so. Okay, good. Good. Um, good to know. It is it it,
0: it is definitely it's, you know, Not as good as I would like it to be. Sure. But when I look at the difference between uh, the way things are happening in the U.S. and the way things are happening in in France, there's no comparison. There's definitely the grown-ups and the angry children. Uh, Sorry if that hurts anyone's feelings, but uh, that's the way it feels.
2: Yeah, you can have a, a civilized conversation and then
0: take very wrong decisions. Yeah. way. Sure. I guess that's,
1: yeah. <laughs> well put.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, since you're you're making sense, Franco, why don't you take the next topic?
2: <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, yes, I, I had a couple of uh, options to, to talk about. I think I'm just going to cover one because of time. Um, uh, it's And it's not going to be about Spain, sadly. Uh, not that it, there are not things to talk about Spain, but uh, I guess there's... Also important things to talk about uh, Latin America, and uh, I guess they are less well known, mm-hmm. at least that I have heard. So that the the, um, the main thing is that, or the main result of the of the, of the thing that I'm going to talk about is that the, our uh, our president and when I ex president and I, when I when I say ex president is Peru's ex president uh, from like 10 years ago is being is being uh, searched internationally. Right now, um, uh, with, a, with a price over over uh, his head. <laughs> I mean, not literally, um, but uh, they're, they're, they're searching for him. There's, there's uh, an arrest in warrant? In the States. Exactly, yes. There, mm-hmm. There's an arrest warrant uh, with his name um, because of um, corruption uh, charges uh, related to, to, to this problem. And, 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 the, and this, this has happened like a month ago. Uh, or less, and uh, the, the, the main issue is the. Um, it's called Odebrecht scandal. Odebrecht is a Brazilian company, a very big engineering company in Brazil. In Brazil, I think all companies in Brazil are big because Brazil is so big that you have to be huge to be able to to, to work uh, for for the whole country. And Odebrecht is, is really is really big, and it has it has grown a lot in the past years, and it's it has projects all over Latin America also in Spain and in the U.S., well, everywhere, but mainly in Latin America. And um, so it's, uh, it's, it all started with um, Bra- the Brazilian corruption scandal of uh, Petrobras uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, during this investigation, they, they arrested the president of this company because of uh, corruption charges uh, regarding uh, politi- politicians in Brazil. And uh, of course, this was a really huge scandal, and it's being and it's still be, it's still going on in Brazil. But at the same time, at the end of last year, I mean, two month, three months ago, um, uh, an investigation uh, that came out of this of this investigation um, uh, um, related how this company had not only had these problems in in Brazil, but all over Latin America. And so um, I was I was I was looking, and then it's like. Ten countries or so, almost the whole continent, has uh, a, a, some some problem uh, related to corruption, and and, and uh, has uh, yeah involved politicians receiving bribes from this company. And so, this company is mainly uh, it's mainly uh, mainly does construction uh, big construction projects. So it's um, they, for example, did in Peru. A highway that connects Brazil and Brazil from the Brazil's, uh, um, yeah, that goes from Brazil to Peru's coast in the Pacific. So it's a huge highway uh, that took like five years to build. Uh, They did this and they also did, for example, the first metro line in Lima that's working uh, like, I don't know, since five years ago.
0: Sorry to interrupt. I have a question actually. it's, it's really interesting because I think one, one thing I didn't mention for our French uh, issue with our Republican candidate being uh, accused of illegal activities is that I think five or 10 or 15 years ago, what he did, which was give a job to a friend, basically, give, it, it wouldn't have been considered so bad that he would need to, it would be a huge scandal. And today it is. And I think it's because people in France are sort of getting better about these things and we're going the way of the Scandinavians, you know, where if you use government money to buy a burger, then you have to resign. Um, And in France, those things were kind of common ground, uh, of commonplace. And now, for some reason, I think uh, Fillon is looking at what's happening and he's like, what the hell this was has never been a problem. We were always like because everyone in France does a little bit of things on the side. Like everyone tries to get a, a ticket cancelled or to, to scrape a little bit of money off of their income tax and and so we or get,
1: hire a campaigner through the EU instead of paying for them example, themselves, for
0: example. <laughs>
1: uh, certainly, Malinovski. Yeah, Le Pen I think, yeah, I think
2: but that. So
0: each country yeah. has
2: its own standards. Of course, so Peru's my, my standards is, are not French ones. But yet. so
0: I guess my question is: Has is this symptomatic of a change in the attitude in in Peru? We're seeing this in. Um, in Romania, with huge protests against corruption, where I think people are like, "What? What's happening? Why? Why is this a problem now? Is that something that wouldn't have happened before in Peru, or is it different?"
2: Yeah, I think I don't know, but yeah, I understand what you're saying, and I guess that's the optimist way of seeing at the problem is that now, before it happened, but now we're finding out and, and really getting to do something about it. Uh, it's it's hard to say because in, in this case it's 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 I mean it's it's obvious it's like from this uh, highway uh, twenty million went to or or they say at least the investigations show that twenty million went to this president or somehow managed to to arrive to 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 people related to him so I mean this 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 one is particularly particularly bad I'm not sure if in the past we would have found found out so. Uh, i think that it d- depends on how you you want to see it uh, it's good that we are we have we have um i mean not only in peru, but in, in 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 the rest of the uh, latin america also that we are um taking it seriously and finding the um, finding out what's what's happening with the money we spend on the infrastructure uh, but it's hard to say if if if, if this is just we, we are getting better at ca- ca- catching them or this has always been like this and it's just another day in in, in peru
0: but um, if 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 it's always been like this, and you mean people, I, I guess my question is: If you had had this kind of issue ten years ago, would people have been that upset? Would there have been a, a, this much of an investigation? And you know, would it have made that yes. much noise? Yes, I mean, okay, yeah,
2: right. we, we we have had we have had. I, I, it's it's hard to compare, but we have had plenty of scandals. Uh, mm. um, uh, Especially after after Alberto Fujimori's uh, uh, end of shift in two uh, thousands, uh, there's been more, yeah, three or four really big scandals re- regarding government uh, and industry and, uh, and the and the buying of, uh, yeah. I mean, this is not. I, I'm not going to say this is fine, but this is, I think this is not the worst we have seen in the last fifteen years. Uh, mm. Yeah, I mean yeah past scandals involved buying the press and um uh buying almost everyone just to yeah it's mm. uh, i mean for peruvian standards it's not the worst we've seen uh, but at least this it, maybe maybe in latin america as a whole this is a huge thing because this this um just it's just one company and it's so mm. many countries involved and so many uh, and, and so the the investigation is, is is logistically big, i would say and and uh, yeah it 's not as if we're um, well we have a, we have this president in jail already uh, Fukimori, <laughs> like right and then, and then we we are getting the next one in jail, and it 's not this one also and it's so, it 's not the only president that 's being judged because this issue uh, this scandal involves also the past the other two presidents we have had um so what's so, the sentiment so, so,
0: so. of the yeah. of the population I know you don't live there but what's can you estimate the sentiment of the population with this is it like could it be that the next Trump or whoever shows up and is like well F everyone and you know I'm gonna throw all of this in the toilet and even though he might be abrasive he could get you know how fed up are people?
2: Yeah, the thing is, I think that it's it's a mixture between between um, between being mad and just being okay. This is politics as as it always has been, which I think is even worse to just <laughs> resign uh, to to what the, the the government is 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 doing. Um, I I do think that I I do hope, <laughs> not think that uh, we have had our we we have had our share of of um, populist governments uh, in the in the 80s and 90s is
0: is more present.
2: Yes. So so I think I I would like to think that we have learned at least from a for a generation, we have learned our lesson and uh, we are not going that way yet. But yeah, having having Trump elected and having, uh, for example, Marine Le Pen, if it, if if she goes, uh, if he, if she comes elected, I, it's, it's not a good example, of course. And uh, mm. yeah, I, I I I I've been thinking about this because in, in, in these past years in Latin America, I mean, when I say past years, it's like two or three, maybe. Um, several populist governments have changed into more. I don't know if "liberal" is the word, but more more um, normal or non populist governments. Mm. And uh, it's it's funny or curious how the trend has inversed between U.S. and, and Latin America because we mm. have always been the the ones we, where we have these populist governments like uh, Chavez or the Kirchners in in, in Argentina or um, I don't know Correa in Ecuador or uh, I don't know. There's there's plenty of of, of, of examples. Um, fukimori in peru and then there's many and these last years i'm it's not as if everything has changed but it's as if the, the trend is 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 going one way in latin america and uh, and, and the other way in the u.s
1: mm. that would indicate to me that maybe the underlying trend is anti-incumbency where places that didn't have populist governments see populist governments getting a rise and vice versa places that have had populist governments see a different trend rising because people are just tired of whatever has been in power not working for them yeah it's it
0: seems yeah, I mean, that I mean, way I mean, I and think i think it, the i yeah. think the not working for them is also very it's very relative because if you look at you know the idealized 50s i think again the situation of even poor-ish people today is much better than what it, it, the country. You know, people. People yeah, send I mean, me. But
1: you're, you're basically saying you shouldn't be angry, people, because you're absolutely right. Oh, that's like not what I term. People yeah. are well are much better, yeah. but that doesn't change. It's it's a it's an emotional response. It's not right, a logical right. response. I guess yeah. that's what I'm getting
0: at. It's that you know, p- but people feel like everything's going down the drain, and that was the platform of Donald Trump. And I understand that for some people it's not great, but th- I mean, that's a whole other discussion. Anyway, I didn't yeah, want and to... Th- and,
2: and, th- and that was the reason uh, that what I, I I wasn't sure about topic, uh, discussing this topic in particular, or just, for example, mentioning the good things that are happening in Peru. I mean, there's good and bad, and I guess we always tend to, to discuss the bad things because they're so special. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But sometimes it's 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 nice to just say okay. For example, I don't know. Um, Peru hasn't have a ha, hasn't had a a really big radical change in government in the last I don't know seventeen years. Which I'm not saying these governments are good, but at least we haven't made really crazy decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, educa- the, the, the education ministry has been doing a good job these ten these last ten years. Um, I mean, I mean the poverty has been re- ha- reduced in. And I think it was in 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 fifteen years from thirty percent to I don't know if it was twenty or 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 something like that. So it, there's there's a lot of things to to say, I guess. But yeah, the the, the good thing, the good things don't are not don't don't get that much attention, I guess.
0: And you know that's something I'm I'm very much guilty of as well. I often say you know the reason we're so we're panicking about everything is that we only hear this is well known you know we only report bad news and the 24 hours news network of course they're going to tell you everyone's you know everything is is exploding everywhere and everyone's dying all the time when in reality that's not the case and here in this show we're following that natural line <laughs> of only talking about the bad
1: things. Maybe I should. Yeah, we're, to... We
2: are only human. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you <laughs> talk about a... good
1: things, people get mad at you. They're like, Oh, Pollyanna. Oh, you just think everything's fine. Live in your little shelter. Pretend the world's great. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm sure
0: uh, we're going to move on to Tom, unless you, you want to add something, uh, Franco. No,
2: no, that, that's okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, um, I, I have actually one more uh, oh, comment sure. on, on Franco's story. Um, the pursuit of Toledo is part of another trend that I don't think gets as much attention, which is anti-corruption. Uh, and and mm. that's happening in Brazil. It's happening in Korea. It's happening in China. Uh, and, and those are all different it's, situations. I'm not trying to compare them all, but they are, all have the commonality of there is a, a use of anti-corruption in, in pursuing power, in, in changing power. It's interesting. You know, it's happening yeah. in France. This,
0: what happened with Fillon, the scandal. I, I uh-huh. I'm certain it wouldn't have happened before, um, and and that's a, a smaller sign because we're not, you know, we're not Italy. We're not like barbarians. <laughs> 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 um, but it's happening in Romania. There, you, of course, I'm sure you've yeah, heard yeah. of the huge protests there. And the interesting, interesting thing is that Putin of all people for his many, many faults. And he's definitely a populist and definitely, you know, anti... He controls the press. Huge problems. But one of his strongest uh, uh, qualities is that he's very much anti-corruption. And he's trying to rein in and control the pervasive corruption in the, you know, in the system that has been built up after an incredibly corrupt... Communist government and and so maybe you know maybe that's the, proof, I, I don't know I would argue
2: that he just centralizes corruption he's yeah, yeah. just monopolizing it it's not really you know
0: <laughs> I think we're looking at it and that's I, again I think it would be uh-huh. very interesting to to have a conversation with actual Russians um, note for later um, but uh, I think we're looking at it from our perspective mm-hmm. in a, and it's not as easy as having Putin come in and be like, all right, corruption's over now. You can't be corrupted and everything's better. Sure. And I, I, he's, I'm not saying he's a fantastic human being. I think, again, many, many faults. But I really think that he cares about this and he cares about his country. And that's why he's so popular. Many people... Say, ah, oh, you know, he rigs the elections and blah, 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 and the media. And certainly that's true. But I think everyone agrees that even in, if none of this happened, he probably would still win the elections. Probably. Mm-hmm. And that would be worth diving into but
2: um i don't know if you control the press then there's nothing that, that the people know i mean that what the people know very does, new. doesn't relate doesn't relate to what the government is I doing I, I don't know it, it, it's hard for me to believe that that he's so transparent and and that's why he controls everyone the press.
0: knows it's like trump <laughs> everyone knows it's not like you know he's kim jong-un and he's sheltering the country from the reality of reality Everyone knows what's happening. Everyone knows he controls the press and everyone knows that they're probably not going to be saying it's not like state sponsored media. They they're still relatively they shouldn't rock the boat, but it it was interesting. I was there and we watched a debate between uh the Russians and people discussing the issue of of uh Ukraine. Um and the, the Russians were like in suits with ties looking really great. And, and the, the Ukrainians were a little bit, you know, funny looking. They had weird like pants and like it, they didn't look <laughs> as tight. And it's not that the debates don't happen. You know, it's not that kind of environment. It's not that discussion. It's not Trump jumping in a puddle and saying you're fake news. You shouldn't exist. Basically, which is, you know, uh, we can discuss this. It does kind of still take place, but I'm fairly certain that many of the... I mean, Russia is a fascinating country, and I've been learning a lot more about it. And I think, again, people don't understand Russia. And it's really difficult to say, well, they're they're being lied to, and, and Putin controls everything when the context is so different and that's not exactly how it actually is it's kind of how it is but not exactly and when we're saying oh but they don't they can't make informed decisions i think we understand something different from the reality of that country and i don't know too hmm. much so maybe i'm sort of misunderstanding it as well but um, corruption they got to sucks. patrick <laughs> they got to me. I was there for a week and now look what I'm saying. I'm defending Russia. For the record. For the you're record. The press. <laughs> I was actually worried going in there. And I was like, holy crap, what's gonna happen? You know, like I say bad things about Putin on Twitter. Are they gonna look at this? And like uh-huh. of course I wasn't actually It's but, not
1: the United States, Patrick. Of course it's not. You know that
0: you're saying in joking
1: jokingly, uh
0: uh-uh. uh but I'm, I'm, I, I'm probably going to go to the US this year mm-hmm. and I'm uneasy. I'm actually, you know, and I understand this is irrational and this is, but, you know, I was born in Lebanon. I'm actually, I, I don't know. I'm not saying nice things about, about Trump. And I know that there's a whole portion of the, the listening population listening to this and saying, oh my God, Patrick, come on. Like, what are you saying? This is ridiculous. It's not though. I assure you it's not. This sentiment means something. And it's not. I hope you you know me by now enough to know that I'm not falling prey to the ridiculousness of, you know, Rachel Meadows and and Keith, what's his name, Olbermann, like the clowns from the left side. I understand there is this psychosis on the left side as well, but that's not what it is about. It's actually concerning. Anyway. All right. Since we're started talking about it, Tom, I've really been looking forward to this portion of the show because as I alluded to at the beginning, you are, I think the way I, I can put it best is in my opinion, you are neutral to a fault. Um <laughs> The way I look at it, like you try to see all sides of everything to a point where I think neutrality and objectivity are, are different. And objectivity is you look at things as you know objectively as possible and when they're bad then you say well yes this is bad and the way i look at you is that you you try to be objective so much that you tend to overcompensate in the other side and and try to stay neutral and say well nothing is really bad and you know i'm obviously making a a very exaggerated (laughs) description but the my point is What you think of situations, I really take to heart because you're the most neutral person I know. And it often gives me a a guiding light for how I should look at a situation. And it it shines a different light on the situation, which I find almost nowhere else. So with that introduction, what's been happening in the US, Tom?
1: Well, a local trade association here in Los Angeles had a meeting yesterday and they had a big scandal over announcing the wrong winner of one of their awards. But I guess you don't want to talk about the Oscars. <laughs>
0: that was funny, uh, though. I woke up today and saw that and it made me laugh. So maybe, well, laugh and cry. Um, but yeah, no, <laughs> let's not make that the main topic.
1: No, of course not. Uh, You know, I like that you use the word neutral because I definitely have my own beliefs. But when I discuss things and when I evaluate things, I try very hard to correct for my own biases. And that I feel like neutral is a good word. I try to approach things neutrally and say, "Okay, Tom, you tend to want to think this, but let's look at it from the other side and see if you're, you're you know, thought is still rational. Let's test that. Objectivity, I don't think is really possible because of that. We all have our biases. We can strive for objectivity, but I don't think any of us can achieve it. Uh, So I really do like your, your choice of neutrality there. That doesn't mean that I personally am neutral. I'm very much not, but I strive very hard to approach topics and evaluate them with the idea of, okay, maybe I tend to want to think this, But is there a rational reason to think the other side? Because I think we all overvalue how right we are all the time. I know I do. Uh, And so I try to correct for that. And so with this election, I I, I and with the inauguration of the president, I think we are as as a society here in the United States moving the other direction, digging in and saying, well, I you know, I have to fight against the other side and the trick is, if you're on either side of this debate, you're not going to persuade anyone with that attitude of you're all idiots. Uh, and, and you kind of touched on this earlier in the show when you were talking about the the French situation. Just because someone supported the candidate that you didn't like or just because someone supports the president and you don't or vice versa doesn't mean they're idiots. Uh, if you look at the you know forty to fifty million people that voted for each candidate in the u s election, certainly some of them are idiots, but it would be statistically unlikely that the majority of them are so what <laughs> what I think is more productive is saying okay why don't you support the president? Are you? I'm un- you not going to jump to the conclusion that you're unpatriotic and unrealistic and weak. Or why do you support the president? I'm not going to jump to the conclusion that you're a racist bigot uh, who who wants to see the world you know burn in flames. So why do you have this difference? And I and that's what what I think we're missing in the discussion because a lot of people have dug in and said, well, if if you even try to understand the other side, you're a traitor to our side.
0: Yes, I absolutely agree. And that's a sentiment that I'm feeling here uh, increasingly in in France. Um, That being said, with, okay, what's, I mean, what's been happening in the US in the past month, um, while steering clear of, you know, words like traitor and those kinds of sentiments I, I think last episode we talked about worries and concerns and sort of different levels of uh, being uh, looking at a situation and thinking it's not good? Are you worried? Are you concerned the 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 way in which President Trump has been talking about the press, for example sort of inciting hatred towards the press, which is essentially a counterpower, which is really important to democracy, I I don't really understand how you can Look at it and say, "Well, you know he has his reasons. I mean, I'm sure he does, but this seems like something to be worried about Aren't you-
1: yeah, when we talked last time, it was a lot of like, Well, he says this or she says this, what are they really gonna do if they get in get in office and now we're being able to see some yeah, of the exactly. things that they yeah. actually do when they get in office. I would say, if you really want to evaluate, you need to evaluate actions, not words. And this is one of those really important things in doing what I said about listening to the other side and trying to understand them. What people who oppose the president do is read him on Twitter and react. And that is not the message that people who support the president pay attention to. They dismiss that. They say, you know what? That's him tweaking you. And maybe it's strategic. Maybe it's a personality flaw. I don't know. But when you listen to President Trump speak to his supporters and not in soundbites, but like in full interviews, he sounds very reasonable in his tone. You may not disagree. You may agree or disagree with what he's actually saying, but he doesn't talk in all caps uh, and he makes exceptions. He says a lot of the media are against me. Right. And so when he writes in 140 characters, it's the media or the enemy of the people, which is a ridiculous thing to say. However, when he talks when he talks to the people who are spending the time listening to him all the time, he says, "Well, of course we have you know Breitbart and Fox News and people who are who are doing a great job out there it's the New york Times that 's the problem so uh, but this is I, this is, this is a really a important second. distinction well, hold on, let me finish this okay. is a really po- important distinction because he is trying to drive the opposition into looking like they are less." credible to the people in the middle who might be persuaded by them. Or if he's not trying to, that seems to be the effect of what he's doing.
0: But already, you're sort of explaining the difference here. And he's saying, well, basically, those that agree with me are fine. The others are the enemy of the people. I'm not sure that's much better. And I think if Obama had started saying Fox News is the enemy of the people, it wouldn't have been okay either. So... I, I, I
1: don't. OK. See- OK. Yes, it's not OK. But is it the worst thing that he's done? Is it an actual policy position? What is well, the effect of having d- doing it? I can and write a this full is where it's it frustrating <laughs> is that if you are already in opposition to the president, then you say, yes, you know, I want another reason to put in front. And honestly, he if you look at what he has done, it is m- more useful and less polarizing. Because if I'm a supporter of the president, I'm going to argue with you about, well, he didn't really mean it. And so he said some things. You snowflakes. He can't say anything without, you know, uh, really getting you upset. Sorry oh, you're so sensitive. He's the Whereas at the if moment. we actually talk about the incompetent executive order – Uh, If we actually talk about the fact that if he wanted to do extreme vetting, he could have done what President Obama did and actually create extreme vetting without causing a problem with the courts. If he had actually let his staff review the executive order, he wouldn't have had the trouble in the courts that he had. That, I think, is more understandable to people who voted for Obama and voted for Trump. It's something we can all look at and say, okay. That's, you know, you, you can't argue your way out of this. You can't say you didn't mean it. You wrote this order and you put it out there. If you look at the executive order limiting lobbying, you can say, hey, you know what? He did a pretty good thing here. He said that if you work for the government for five years after you work for the government, you can't go work in a lobbying organization that lobbies that department you worked in. Uh, and so this this is the kind of thing I'm talking about is a lot of this, whether it's by design or not, is trying to get us to argue about something that doesn't have as much relevance as the actual actions that are being done and, mm. and and one of those actions is is changing the the nature of the national security council that is not being discussed nearly enough that is a this, that is a very significant development i think it's the problem is everything is being discussed
0: and maybe some of it of substance is being lost in the in the conversation because there are these outrageous tweets really that's what it is but the the security council has been discussed at length and let's let's talk about this maybe how you know again in your uh neutral pedestal tower of of righteousness how do you oh (laughs) now you call
1: me self-righteous i feel bad
0: no 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 i i'm actually saying you are it's not self-righteous i'm calling you righteous I'm not saying All you're right. self-righteous. So it's a compliment. Um, no, I mean, in, in, it, I actually mean it. When you try to look at it in the neutral way that you do, don't some of these things actually worry you as well? Like the National Security Council issues, the the, the constant... I mean, the leaks, it's always difficult to discuss because you're going to say, well, it's leaks, it's people who don't like it, and so they're trying to... But still, there are so many, and there are so many issues... I don't know what what basically I'm trying to ask you, I think, what do you think of this government so far?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that it has shown itself to be a great government so far. I don't think it is as bad as some of the people are saying. And I think that really the the de- deciding voice of the future of the country is the people who voted for Obama and also voted for Trump. And those people are not going to be persuaded by a twitter fight those people are not going to pay that much attention to the president's tweets those people are going to look at what's actually happening in the country especially what's happening to them and so it's it's what you're saying it's too early okay and and here's the other thing i try to do is say when previous presidents have done these things in a less controversial and, and braggadocious way uh, what was the reaction then, and so I look at something like russia the you know the accusations of russia and and there 's a big fog there i can 't actually tell what 's going on because Russia has become the left Benghazi uh, you you just throw it out there all the time, and it 's hard to actually tell if there 's fire where there 's smoke right so so that 's one that i 'm i 'm keeping an eye on i 'm very curious and I think it could turn into something, but at this point it's it 's very difficult to tell, but the actual actions of the president are what you can look at the actual orders the actual policies that are yeah. being implemented and there are some very concerning things there some of the things that a, a lot on the left are concerned about are things that the presidents before have done president bush did president reagan did they're just republican things like defunding planned parenthood if if you disagree with them then you're going to disagree with them now it's not a particularly you know unique thing for a republican president to do other things like asking for the resignations of all of the ambassadors immediately, not asking them to stay on. To the point that in the current discussions about Syria in Geneva, there is no U.S. representation. Uh, that's troubling. That does not seem like someone who actually knows how to run the executive branch to me.
2: Yeah, so, I, I was. Uh, can, I, can I say a little bit? Sure, uh, so, sure, of course. Go okay, ahead. so so um, so what I'm what I I have actually couple of things to say um, one is uh, yes you, you, were, you were you were you were saying Tom judge the actions not the words I I, I cannot I, it's hard for me to, to ag- agree with that because okay so so regarding actions for example there's two main things that I would think that it's it's relevant to to, to, to follow uh, first is the intentions so let, letting aside first the, the, the words and just focusing on the actions is, is the intention good? I mean, or, or it, it does does it make sense what they want to do? So that's one thing that's um, a thing to to discuss, I, I guess. And you can be uh, you can agree or not. The other one is incompetence, and, and I think that it's it's important to separate both concepts. You can have very good intentions and still be a, have a very bad government, and I think that they should be judged separately. and uh, that, People should have a clear um, idea and an opinion about uh, whether they, what they want to do in, in this in this new government makes sense. And also, at the other at the other hand, if, if what they are actually doing, they're doing it correctly or not. Because, yeah, I, I don't know. For, for me, incompetence can be just as dangerous and as, as as bad intentions. You can you can really ruin a country by by just governing badly. Uh, and uh, and uh, the reasons can be many I'm not, i 'm not i I have no idea why would a uh, would a government itself uh do a worse job than the one before Maybe improvisation is a cause maybe many many things can be a cost many maybe maybe a bad design or having just a mixture of things and concepts can make you a uh, very bad implementa- uh, very, very bad executioner or yeah uh, a person that executes yeah. uh, executive um and so that's one thing that and I think those two concepts are important to separate the other one is regarding words and actions i I, I don't think that you can the, 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 the president or whoever in government should be allowed to to say whatever he wants just as long as he does the the the, 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 the right thing I mean even if the intentions are good in the actions and and, and and the government is competent I don't think that the government should just the government or the president or whoever has the right to just say whatever he wants and then do whatever he chooses to and that's that i i, I yeah I relate that, a lot to that to this because this happens well this happens everywhere i guess a politician just promises whatever he wants in the campaign and then at the end he just does whatever he wants and in peru it, this happens like regularly like there's a, even a phrase um he and it's more translated it's like he stole but at least he did something. Uh, like he's still, but, but at least he, he, he did something and it's, 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 it's just like, I, I don't care what the, 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 politician says or the government says, yeah, as long as he does, uh, things that are good to me, uh, because language is important and, and, uh, being able to just get away with it. It's, it's, I think it's not healthy for, for a society, right? But for, for, because the- it's
0: the the aspect of you know people say something and then do something else i think everyone and especially people who voted for trump are going to say well this is exactly the problem and trump you know he might not do everything but he's already done a lot of the things that he said he would so that's a good thing what i can relate to is the it's he shouldn't be allowed to say anything he wants I, obviously it's difficult to put in place but i kind of I kind of steer your way, Franco, when you're saying that because the president has a responsibility and not verbally destroying a basically the fourth estate or the third estate, by the way. Is it the third or the second when he started attacking the the judicial is it, it, I understand it's just words, and it's just Twitter, and we can say all of this. But even if we're trying to stay rational and neutral and everything, the president has a huge um, responsibility. He has a huge power. And what he says, his word matters. And I don't know if you guys remember, but when we were discussing after the election, I think I was very... Vehement in in saying that you know now he's the president maybe he's going to be presidential and maybe he's going to change we should wait and see, and when he's saying those things when he's saying judges are you know judges suck and the press is the enemy of the people, I understand it's just words but he has power and with that power as we all well know since <laughs> Spider Man one with that great power comes great responsibility so again I'm not saying we should you know, there should be a provision in the constitution that says the president shouldn't tweet, but at least we can look at it and say, yes, this is a concern. And this is a problem when he says those things and it, and not, you know, well, but it's just words, whatever.
1: Right. Well, again, I, I, I think you guys are absolutely right. You have the right to look at someone and say, I don't like what they're saying. I think it's irresponsible in their position of power. But do you want to have that battle or do you want to have a different battle? And if what we're talking about to have all the battles, I, yeah, (laughs) I, I I want to get the president out, then that maybe that is the battle you want to have. I don't know if your battle is I actually want to have a good government and I want to engage in a dialogue with people who maybe don't agree entirely with me, but again, voted for Obama and voted for Trump and understand them, then focusing on those tweets isn't going to be your best option. Uh, So this is different than saying approve of the tweets. It's different than saying it's okay that he says these things. It's saying you're not going to make a lot of progress having that argument. And in fact, it may be what that the right wing wants is for you to spend all your time arguing about the meaning of words Rather than having a more substantive discussion about the actions I think
0: those words are very wise and I approve of them
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: in, 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 yeah in, if, of course I agree you need to be practical and and, and focus on on the, the the higher risks let's say and the, 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 the higher risks are of course on the implementations and the, and the way the 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 laws are going to be uh, written,
1: right? Yeah. I, I, in, in a certain sense, if if someone constantly says shocking things and you've decided like, okay, that's a person who says inappropriate things, do you need to keep proving that point? And, and if you keep engaging every time they say shocking things, are you maybe not encouraging them to continue to say shocking things because they like your reaction? Mm-hmm. And especially
0: yeah. considering the fact that the people who voted for him, um, shut up Siri.
1: <laughs> Every time. That is the only way to shut up Siri, though. Absolutely, I, I agree. <laughs> um, the, I lost my
0: point. No, the people who did vote for him acknowledge that he says shocking things. I think that's the 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 thing that you know for for people who are shocked. It's like, but how could you, what the, how the, you know, and we, our heads explode every time. And the people on the other side are, are saying, yeah, we know he's an idiot. Or, you know, maybe not he's an idiot, but. He says crazy
1: things, he says crazy it, but things, but we think he's and, yeah. going to change things for the better exactly. anyway.
0: Exactly. So, so saying, keeping, coming back to the, but, but he said something crazy. Yeah. And you're, and you're like, yeah, we told you, we know. And you're like, but. And it's really crazy. And so I understand that dynamic. And I think the most ironic part of all of this is that I've been trying to convince people in this election that we should listen to the people who are voting for the, the um, far right. Because if, if for no other reason that when we've tried to uh, call them homophobes and racists and yell at them it's never worked in France, it's never worked in the UK, and it's never worked in the US. So if we keep doing it, then who's the idiot, right? If we keep doing the thing that doesn't work and makes the situation worse, regardless of everything else, who's the idiot in that story? And I guess, you know, I'm calling myself an idiot right now, because <laughs> I keep getting doing that thing that doesn't work. And that serves no purpose, which is getting aggravated by the the tweets and those kinds of things from Donald Trump. So as always it's an interesting you know way of looking at things when we discuss it but, uh, yeah. people who disagree.
2: But besides being being scandalized by, by by the tweets I think I agree it's there's there ha, there ha, has to be or there's got to be a better way of of, of learning uh, by mistake or, or just learning a lesson of that and I think that the lesson should be do not assume that Crazy people just say crazy things before the elections, and they they're going to do what's right at the end when they become president uh, I think that the lesson is do not trust people that do crazy things in general like like it, it, it. Because, because part of the, the, the of the argument we have discussed, and it's, it's 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 been discussed many times, is yeah, he does he he, he writes uh, really um, extreme things, uh, but then he'll do he'll do what's right when he gets president. So no, yes, he, don't gets, think, he writes know- crazy things, and and so and so the lesson I think should be don't 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 just assume that it's part of the personality, and then when when uh, yeah, it, this is the normal thing think-
0: because. I, I don't think anyone's assuming that Trump is going to do great, um, including people who voted for him. And I think that might be one of the disconnects. When Whenever I, I have a, a conversation with someone who's, you know, willing to, quote-unquote, give him the benefit of the doubt, which infuriates people on my side of the political spectrum when people say that. But if, if you take the previous episode, for example— people were discussing you know Brian and and Tony were discussing that muslim ban i think in a relatively calm and rational manner we might have disagreed ultimately on wh- whether or not it was good or bad or but you know it, it wasn't it was a very different substance for the conversation than what we usually discuss when we talk essentially of the tweets so i don't think what we're what the conclusion of this discussion is, well, he says crazy things, so it's crazy, but we should be okay with everything. I think the conclusion is let's not waste time talking about the tweets and let's talk about the actually the, the actual policies being put in place, like the Muslim ban, which we can have a substantial conversation about, and, you know, the other policies. And maybe that's something we're not doing enough here. And yeah. it's I think it's something we're not doing enough partly because that's something that the the media circus is not discussing enough
1: um, yes and 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 some of what the criticisms of the media are valid uh some of the, the the criticisms of the media are very true and and have been made by people on the left as well as the right it's not that the media is blameless again it's it's a matter of degree and and so when you know when when there's criticisms of the media on the one hand i feel like that's fair the media gets things wrong oftentimes they're lazy uh, oftentimes they do let their biases creep in 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 what they choose to report on on the other hand uh saying that you're looking for a friendly question in a press conference is troubling to me because when you are a public servant which i believe the elected officials are Part of that is having to listen to questions you don't like. They they sh- they don't necessarily going to be friendly questions. You don't have to answer them if you don't want to. You don't even have to let CNN into your gaggle if you don't want to. I there there that is the system working. There is freedom of the press. The press gets to say what they want. They get to ask what they want. You as an executive can choose to react to that how you want. And I think one of the issues is we've had no real tests of our democratic system in the U S since Richard Nixon. Uh, and, and so we've gotten used to things just kind of working without having to put the system of checks and balances to the test. And this president is pushing the system. in some ways that are not constitutional where it's like, he's not violating the constitution by kicking CNN out of a, out of a press briefing with his press secretary, but That's pushing the sort of soft system that we have developed. And what you have to do is react to that and say, "Okay, well, if you're not going to let us in, this is what's going to happen. And the reason people have let us in in the past is because they knew this was going to happen. So now this is what the consequences of that are going to be. And then some, some of them are constitutional where you put an executive order out that is poorly drafted and it gets tested in the court. And you can complain that you don't like what the judge did, but that doesn't mean it's not the system working. We have a system where judges are appointed for a reason. Judges are appointed to adjudicate when people disagree about how laws are being drafted or executed. Congress makes the laws that the judge interprets and the executive branch executes the laws and the judge can judge whether those laws are being executed properly. Again, we're not used to the system having to work in that way, but it is and so when people get so upset and, and Brian Brushwood my friend says this all the time the president of the United States is not a god king he or she cannot do everything they want and we're seeing that we're seeing that play out what will be very troubling is if methods are taken to undermine that so far that hasn't happened
2: yeah I think, I think it, that the, yeah. the main thing that US has is, is good institutions and and um, Really good history of of, of yeah of, or yeah a lot of time of of building institutions and uh, of course I think Europe has it too and that mm-hmm. just I see it as a. Uh, as a way of um, resisting any any really bad government, I mean, it's well, it's, that's... It, it's it, it, that's the way the, the, the way that the reason for the institutions is so the, so the country can be immune to a really uh, extreme, um, be it party or government or anything. And I think that I, I do agree that the U.S. will do just fine in in, in four years. Um, maybe what worries me most is the trend. Because yeah, if it's four years, yeah, probably nothing really bad will happen, or hopefully. But the thing is, what if what if this becomes a trend? Because then it's it, then I would argue, then you become maybe Venezuela or something. Uh, if you if you give fifteen years or twenty years to a government, to a really populist government, to do whatever they want, yeah, the institutions will 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 protect the the the, the I don't know the, the 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 actual state of the country or. Um, yeah, the, the I don't know, the, the, the balance
1: the, of the, power the, the, and yeah. the
0: adversarial process mm-hmm. and yeah.
1: The consistency. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like the,
2: it's like it's like inertia and and then to break it, it 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 requires just a lot of force and a lot of time, but eventually you you can really break institutions. It just need yeah. a
0: lot of time or a really really bad precedent. <laughs> so, I think the conclusion of all of this is that let's worry less about the tweets um and let's I think I hope that uh, people agree that with this ousting of you know CNN and everyone from you know the the media that don't agree with the administration of the gaggle, that's fine. I think everyone you know it's it's yeah. it's President Obama it's okay. stopped talking
1: to Fox News for a while. This is you know, sure presidents try but, this from time to time.
0: Yeah and and i think it's fine and what we have to be careful about what happens next and and you're right tom this is the system being put to the test in a way that it hasn't been in a long time and that's why the system is designed that way but it's i think it's also okay to look at this and get a little bit tense you know and go okay so is it going to work because we haven't used it in sure. a while and yeah, yeah. and we have to keep paying attention and if it doesn't work then you know we have to also be able to 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 talk about it and and keep in mind with rationality with you know without having our heads explode every 2 seconds but keep in mind what franco is talking about that those things can lead to uh to to concerning situations so if we can keep all of this rational it's better than if our heads explode and that <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to make this the title of the episode, but it, could <laughs> <be>. <laughs> I like it. Though. <laughs> All right. I think this was a really good conversation and I, I thank both of you for taking part. Is there anything you want to say um, before we close it? Uh, and before I give you the opportunity to tell us where we can find you on the internet, any parting words?
1: I, I would just, again, try to say, look, You may disagree about levels of taxation or FCC policy or or immigration policy. Try to separate that from really troubling changes, uh, you know, what what is just a Republican administration doing what a Republican administration does that maybe you think is awesome or maybe you don't? And what are things that are unique? I think this president does some unique things. And those are the things that you really need to separate and not just attack everything because it's different than how you would want it done. Um,
0: yeah, I've I've spent a few days saying being against gay marriage in France which was passed however for it i am personally being against it is not illegal being anti abortion is also not illegal i think it's a very important women's right but you know and those kinds of things and i i think in in france as well the debate is getting muddied because people say you know things like ah oh, they want to ban ab- abortion which i agree it's anyway
1: um, yeah. I mean, you want to you change know, open not- internet guidelines? Let's have a conversation. You want to change the rules on voting? You have to show me that there's a real problem first. Mm-hmm. That's a much different situation. Yeah.
0: And and I mean, in the abortion thing, I think it might be a bad example because I think it's – it's anyway, that would be a whole different conversation. But yes, yeah. they, like let's have conversations about the actual policies and the things that matter, not tweets while keeping a good eye on those things as well. Um, Franco, anything you want to say before we close it?
1: Um,
2: yeah, just following what you were saying about focusing on, on, on some things and not in others, I would say don't focus that much on Trump only. There's a lot of things going on in the world and also in the U.S., and they also they are also very important, and uh, it's mm-hmm. it, we shouldn't just focus on one person uh, because there's many horrible and very good things happening, and it they probably are also worth the time and the and the conversation. Like. Bannon?
0: Or who who are you talking <laughs> <of>? <laughs> Or like Syria or yeah, exactly. Somalia. Like, or, yeah. there, there was a, an <laughs> awesome interview uh, with Assad uh, for French media a few, a, a week or two ago. It was masterful the way he spun everything and made it sound like everything was fine. It was incredible. It, it's in English if you can find it somewhere. It's like, yeah he's not so bad like dictatorships are fine what what's the big deal it was and that is also something i keep in (laughs) mind um anyway that that also would be another episode that would be interesting to do and to and things to discuss uh so many things we have to talk about and and so little time but you know what we are able to discuss many of them because the people supporting the show uh, are supporting the show uh, on Patreon. We have many supporters which make this uh, production, this this getting meeting of the minds possible. And uh, if you enjoy it, if you think it's it it's it should exist, then I encourage you to go to patreon.com slash the Phillies club the link is in the show notes of course and uh maybe consider you know pledging a little bit of money because that's how the world works people it's not socialism it's not communism yet (laughs) (laughs) it's money and uh if you you give me money i'll keep doing the show that's the deal we have so Thank you very much to all of the people who do um, support the show. It's really, really appreciated. And uh, if you want to become part of that amazing club, then uh, go to patreon.com slash the Club. Um, Tom, where can people find you on the Internet?
1: Uh, Merritt.com, two R's, two T's, uh, is where I collect everything I do together. And uh, just a special mention that I have a novel coming out March 14th, <gasps> uh, which you can pre-order on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. About a time traveler who tries to save the universe. It's called Pilot X.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much, uh, Franco. I think you didn't have a, a Twitter or online presence last time. Has this changed? No, I'm really antisocial in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> but how how will, how, uh, will you know what, what President Trump is tweeting? You, I guess you can go <laughs> to the tweet page and look at it. I,
2: I just go to the street and I just listen to people talking about it. Yeah. It's not that hard.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: All right, well. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I have a Google Plus account. I, I still have it, although I don't know if that makes much of a difference. Um. Yeah. Well send, send
0: me send me the link in um in uh in Skype and I'll include it in the show notes. I'll do that. Okay, sure. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, Tom. Thank you very much Franco. For me, it's not Patrick on Twitter and on Facebook, you can uh, join the Facebook page as well. Uh, and the show is hosted at frenchspin.com where you can go and comment on everything we've discussed whether you agree or disagree. Uh, the the comments are usually incredibly polite and you know cordial the the community around this show is i always say that you know you 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 uh, sow what you see you you reap what you sow right and uh, yes. the people getting that's the expression the people getting trolls in their community are often the people just being comfortable yelling at everything and hopefully the the substance and the nature of the show fosters a, a positive but also uh, cordial community so if you want to comment comment it's at frenchspin.com and uh, you'll find a gaming show there as well so if, you, if you're into that you can check that out too thank you very much for listening we'll be back for the next episode uh, soonish talk to you then bye